0: Welcome to Sunday Chats 969, the podcast where you can listen back to interviews that were first broadcast on All FM 96.9. We are an award winning community radio station based in Manchester. And on today's episode, we are welcoming back fantastic Write Out Loud poet John Botterell to celebrate John becoming an author a whole year after I first discovered him on the website. He's got a new book out, which we are celebrating, All Roads Lead to Moulton, which is John's autobiography in poetic form. The book I wanted him to write, in fact. That was Fairport Convention there with who knows where the time goes. And today live in the studio my special guest is the fantastic wh- write-out-loud poet and now author John Botterill welcome to the Sunday t Show welcome back to the Sunday Tea Show
1: thank you for having me Ruth it's a pleasure to be here
0: it's really good to, to have you back on and you know the title of that first track says it all where has the time gone because so you were actually here live in the studio first a year ago whole year ago so so it's a special kind of um anniversary special because right there um mothering sunday uh, last march you came in you read a selection of poems from write out loud some of your most popular poems from the the write out loud um websites and i said to you i think that you have got the the makings of an autobiography in poetic form here
1: and, and so it proved. And you, so it proved. And you were right. You've
0: taken it to the, to the next level. So we are celebrating now the, the release of your first book as John Bottrell. Do you want to tell us what the name of it is?
1: It's called All Roads Lead to Malton.
0: And indeed they do. And what's interesting <laughs> about this is it also has a subtitle, Poetry to Remember. So if you look at this, this book, dear listener, it, you could perhaps say it's to remember John Bartram.
1: You could do, you could, and hopefully uh, my grandchildren will be able to read it in years to come. Yes. When I'm no longer here, and be able to hear my voice in, in a manner of speaking.
0: Ah, yes. Yes, you do have a very distinctive voice throughout all your, your poems. This is your first book where you have come out as John Bossrell. I yeah, out and proud.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been a theme that I've been discussing with a few um, poets recently, this whole coming out as a poet, so, so to speak. So, so what's that process been like for you, John? Is it something that you've felt you, that you've had to come out, so to speak?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's sometimes a bit nerve-wracking to, yes. to put yourself in print. To mm-hmm. actually say, this is who I am. This mm. is what I write. Uh, some people might not like it, and sure. therefore, to actually put your name to it takes having having had a, a good reaction to my first anthology as JG Barwell, yes. <laughs> released on Poetic License. If you if you want to buy it, um, it uh, having had a good reaction to that, then I, I think um, I, I was more confident to actually say who I am.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's interesting. You were there incognito. There is jg uh, barwell and that was a fantastic um first book all the proceeds of that you came in and and explained all the proceeds actually went to the the teenage cancer trust as well which is the case with this book as well
1: absolutely yes everything every penny will be donated to the teenage cancer trust i I have to confess the sales are not going that well at the moment so i I am looking to all fm listeners to Yes. To to come to my help here and, and be able She's to come provide to indeed, the T uh, the TCT the Teenage Cancer Trust deserve everybody's support, and uh, they're a fantastic charity.
0: Definitely. Do you want to just explain t- to the listeners why this is a, a charity that is so close to t- to your heart in particular, John?
1: Yes. Well, uh, ten years ago, my daughter um, contracted a lymphoma, mm. and uh, she was in uh, Leeds hospitals for quite a while. Mm. And I think it's much more difficult for teenagers to actually come to terms with that condition. Uh, and sure. I can only imagine really what she went through and what teenagers who, who are told and there are seven every day apparently would on average but told. Exactly. Yeah, get told you have cancer. Mm. And so they not only have to deal with the Health issues, but also the emotional issues, the social issues, mm. everything that goes with it. And uh, the Teenage Cancer Trust do a fantastic job in helping them to c- come to terms with it.
0: And how long w- was your daughter actually going through treatments and recovering?
1: I would say four or five months. It? Gosh. Yeah. Um, she had the oh. stem cell replacement therapy and touching wood. Yeah. Yes. Um, so far. Yeah. She, yeah.
0: Oh, brilliant, brilliant. She's okay. But as, as we were saying, as I was saying, like, th- to your wife, Gail, uh, as well, teenagers are, are like, that. They're, they're this kind of um, sector of, of society where they, they don't really seem to get much press. It's like, you know, they're, they're not the little kids, they're not the very old no. people. They're in this weird um, place in, in the middle. But obviously for a family going through that, you've got all the um, stress of just being a teenager. Toppled with diagnosis. I,
1: yeah. I, I think that's right, and also I probably underestimated the amount of time she was going through it. Um, yeah. She had to d- defer going to university yeah. uh, and so forth. It took her uh, quite a few years actually Gosh. to get back to um, her norm, what we might call normal life.
0: Normal life, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad that, that you're highlighting this, and as I've mentioned to you, I, I have seen. That um, the new band, Far From Saints, one of my favourite bands right now, are actually doing some gigs in in support of Teenage Cancer Trust. So so now is really the time to to be creating more conversations around this.
1: Absolutely.
0: Definitely. Now, John, I am excited to um, get you to read some of your poems for us. You've got lots of of poems (laughs) prepared. Yes. Um, And what's the first one that you want to start with? Well,
1: I want to start with... uh... One of my earliest memories, it's called Blood Man.
0: Right, OK. And then
1: follow it up with um, The Winter of 63.
0: Ah, and that's something that everyone from the 60s has got, like, some memories of, I think. So I was glad that, that you in included that. I was always hearing it's, it's, it wasn't as cold as it was in 63. <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that my dad kind of says. So I'm excited to, to hear your poetry, yep. and we've got you back for training for Desert Island Discs as well.
1: Absolutely. Oh, couldn't, <laughs> this is the third yeah, of our training. It couldn't never, be better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we never get through all your selections. Maybe this will be the, the day that, that we will. You know, we, we'll we'll see. Anyway, but take it away with your um, with your first um, poem, please.
1: Bloodman. Four doors down on Moulton Road, on the way to Scarborough, live my nana and grandpa. I toddled round there often, as they were usually quite kind to me, and let me watch their new TV. Early on, I was two or three, I was shocked by a scene in their kitchen. A figure sat slumped in my dad's overalls, as large as life on top of the fridge. Weirdly, he was wearing red lipstick. On his mouth and on his nose, a woolly hat perched on top of his head, and suddenly a thought arose. Bloodman. man. "'Bloodman!' is what I said. His odyssey did not end well. We took him into the garden and burned him on a pile of wood, with shouting, dancing and merry cheers as rockets emblazoned the dark night sky. It bothered me for many years. In all my restless dreams, Bloodman came to visit me. I sobbed at the sight of his agony. His legs were stuffed with paper and clothes and blood poured out from the end of his nose. I wondered what poor Bloodman had done. What ghastly crimes deserved this torture, And why did we gather with such delight, every year on bonfire night?
4: Go <laughs> <laughs> no! All F 6.9 All
5: Thanks
0: for that, John. I I love that the fact that you know you give us that perspective of of what it's like for a child to to see his first guy Fawkes dummy. That's
1: what it was like for me. It was traumatic. Yes.
0: But you somehow got over the trauma just a little bit by writing. I'm over it now. Okay. So so now we're going to have a bit of um. Winter of '63. Is it?
1: That's the one topical. The winter of 63. I'm tunnelling down into my memory, heaving mountains of compacted snow, clearing away the misconceptions, applying an ice pick as I go. The dawning of an ice age, the winter of 63, an eerie silence in those days long past, when we were cut adrift by an arctic blast. No cars were moving in or out, we clapped our hands to keep them warm, and wore our coats inside the house. I fashioned a path through the frozen snow, a fearless youngster with nerves of steel, whose face was frozen, whose fingers could not feel. I dug on, though snow was above my head, wielding a spade last used on a beach. The blizzards blew, I was undeterred. The huskies had fled, I was beyond their reach. No search parties came, I was on my own, in the coldest winter I'd ever known. An intrepid explorer who defied the cold, forging a northwest passage through to Nana's which was four doors down on Moulton Road. When snow falls now around our way, my grandson shouts, It's snowing! Hooray! Warmly muffled in his hat and coat. I quietly smile as I'm tempted to say, You call this snow? These powdery flakes are nothing. You should have been digging alongside me, clearing Rillington's northwest passage. Back in
5: 1963.
4: go. <laughs> <laughs> go! All FM. On a-
5: nine.
4: FM. 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 FM.
0: You're listening to the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM, on your radio, allfm.org, wherever you are in the world, online. Joined by me, Ruth O'Reilly, delighted to be keeping you company. And my special guest live in the studio today is the popular write out loud poet... John Botterill, and we're celebrating the release of his latest book, his autobiography in fact, All Roads Lead to Malton. Great to have you on the show today.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for
0: having me. <laughs> oh, you are so welcome. What I love about this this book, John, as well, is when we um, first had you in the studio and I said you you should write a book, one of the poems that, that you had was about viewing a um, Malton as a little bit of a museum from, from your childhood perspective, yeah. your childhood eyes. But what you've done now is you've actually come full circle and you're making us aware of how much Malton actually means to you as as your hometown as well, aren't you?
1: Yes, it's, it's like, like a parent almost. <laughs> I go back there and uh, it's yeah. funny how much your parents have learned when, you, when, you, when you've grown up.
0: Mm-hmm. Lead to Malton, so wherever you go, and I know that you're a well travelled man, you love to, to return to Malton now.
1: I, I have no option, my mother, <laughs> my mother lives there, but no, it, it is a fantastic place, it's, uh, it's lovely. Um, it's got so, so many memories, like you say, yeah, and uh, it's interesting as a poet to explore those perspectives, to look back and to, to see, yeah, how much it means to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I. I totally agree that it, it's a great starting point as well for, for writing a book. Write about what you know and obviously what you know best is yes. your home, your hometown. The lovely thing about this book dear listener, if you look at the, the cover of this book, All Roads Lead to Moulton by John Bottle, is it's got a lovely um, street from Moulton from on, on the front cover so it's a picture that you've actually um, taken yourself and at the back of it? You've actually put Malton Museum, haven't you? Yes. Well,
1: it, yeah, I, I, I photographed it so that I got Malton Museum into the shot Yeah. and, and took a, a picture along the street. The actual name of the book came along later.
0: OK. So so is that like the, the same street that Malton Museum is on, or are they yes. two separate?
1: No, it's one one shot.
0: Ah, OK.
1: So the back cover has Malton Museum... Um,
0: yeah, they're, they're kind of um, letting us know one of your previous perspectives on Moulton yes. about everything that, that Malton kind of stands for in, in the museum. What does Malton Museum actually contain?
1: Oh, uh, well, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of Roman, Yeah. I was going to say paraphernalia, that's probably the wrong word. Mm. Um, relics, things that have been dug up around the area.
6: Because ah. it was
1: Deventia uh, okay. back in the day.
0: Wow. It was, a, it was
1: a Roman fort.
0: I see. So that's the reason why, because I knew the Roman theme was there in all roads, because all roads usually lead to oh, Rome, Rome, don't yes, they? Yes, <laughs> uh,
1: that's good, yes.
0: Mm, but now they're leading to, to Malton. Okay.
1: Uh, and you're right, because there's a crossroads in the middle of the town. Yeah. So yeah. they all, uh, and it is a, a local centre, if you will, for the farming, I suppose, farming industry, the Malton Marketplace. Wow. Mm. All the farmers bring their pro- products to the market to sell. Mm-hmm.
0: You need to get this into Moulton Museum. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, now that they be started? <laughs> Or do yes. a spoken word event. Um, it's not open at the relevant. moment.
1: It closes oh, it? for the winter.
0: Oh, okay. Ah, so yeah. I was going
1: to take them a few copies down. Yeah.
0: I that's think good you should, yeah. because c- cause what that's actually expressing as well, it's expressing you as a resident your whole life there in, in the town, yeah. you know. can't get a better perspective than that. So <laughs> many people will have, will have come and gone. Yes. To, so, so, so there you are. Yes. You know, that and the
1: local shop, uh, bookshop, Kemps, have agreed to stock it. Brilliant. So people Wonderful. in, in Malton, if you're listening, yeah, you can go along to Kemps and, and buy a copy.
0: Well, we are about we we're we're a local community radio station, but we do have listeners online at allfm.org, and wherever you are in the world, you can listen to us even in Malton. And we've got John (laughs) Bolt in today, and he's fast becoming uh, a little bit of a a poetic celebrity. So we'll have one more poem from you, and then we'll have one of your um, your selections for for Desert Island Disc training, I think.
1: (laughs) Okay, Uh, this is called Malton Museum. Okay visit Moulton Museum. I read a dog-eared leaflet from off the floor. Moulton is nothing but a museum. I grumble along at Yorker's gate, and that's a statement of the truth. Pastor the George in the S- Palace cinema, those relics of my misspent youth. I turn into a marketplace which only the sixties could own. Preserved in aspic, set in stone. This is some weird time warp, where Doctor Who meets Heartbeat. I kneel to t- retie my Jesus boots and glance up to greet an icon. Ah, Mr. Harriet, I presume. A town lost in its own antiquity, where it all is kept as it's always been, a triumph for the conservation team. I find myself suddenly in Greengate, my early nemesis, my infant fate, outside the friends' meeting house, the scene of my first day at school, and my first proper telling-off. I quake at the sight of Miss Miss Smith's face. All my yesterdays began in this place, where I left a group of tiny extras to join the supporting cast. I was mortified by the admonishment. It would not be my last. And Moulton remains unaltered, a museum to my past.
0: Oh, I love it. That was one of the first poems that you actually wrote, wasn't it? Because I remember that from last year as well. And I love all those little references. Doctor Who meets Heartbeat, <laughs> and James That that's a great cultural um, reference there for for Malton. You'll get the the tourists in. Oh, that, that Doctor Who meets Heartbeat. I can imagine that. You're doing them an absolute favour there, Who. Good. <laughs> I hope so. I,
1: I hope I hope Malton does benefit. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And it's, it's actually um, Leeds City of Culture Year 23, isn't it? As well. It, it
1: is. Yes, I've tried to. Um, um,
0: Incorporate
1: incorporate the, yeah. the book, uh, attach the book to to that great great city, uh, which was very influential in my gro- growing up yeah. so, to, I, I'm not sure I should admit it in Manchester, but I'm a Leeds United fan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, we'll, we'll forgive you for now, as soon as you've, you've, you've come the, so uh, far. And, you know, I think that sometimes there's lots of great, in, in my case, I know, there's lots of great gigs and events that go on in, in Leeds so there's lots of people yes. from Manchester that at times you know, they do make that little bit of a track to, to go and, and Good on watch them. something Good on them, yeah So I know that football is one of your, your great passions as well and you've we've yeah. written a little bit extensively <laughs> about, about that as well <laughs> um, so, so we'll hear some of, of them later on as well But um, what do you want for, for your, um, your next selection?
1: I think we should start with Bob Dylan if you, oh. if you can get, to if I can get it to work <laughs> this time.
0: Well, John, you know what? I think it's third time lucky, and this is a uh, subterranean homesick it blues. Is there is there any particular story about this, or is it just well, it, that you it, get homesick?
1: It, what I've tried to do is choose tracks which coincide with the with the times I'm, I'm writing about in the poems.
0: Ah, yes. So
1: '65, this was. Ah,
0: okay. Oh, so so we're going through the decades with this, and and first we were in the, mm. the '60s, more or less. Okay. Yes.
1: Gracias. <música>
6: And he did.
0: The Welcome back to the second hour of the Sunday Tea Show, right here on 96.9. All FM on your radio, allfm.org, wherever you are in the world, online. You're joined by me, Ruth O'Reilly. Delighted to be keeping you company. And on today's show, my special guest, live in the studio, is the fantastic Write Out Loud poet, John Boswell. And we are chatting to him today about his latest book, his autobiography in poetry, All, Ro- All Roads Lead to Moulton poetry to remember great to have you in the studio john
1: thank you very much ruth
0: really good now what we are doing is we are going through your life decade by decade which which was really (laughs) um exciting and another thing that you've done with this book if you you, you've got part one i thought that this was this was (laughs) quite funny because part one was about your um your your younger years so so maybe that's kind of like your your the the 60s and and 70s and and that one is called let's get this party started (laughs) (laughs) and did the party actually get started for you it was all too quick it
1: took a while (laughs) i must say
0: and one of my my favorite um poems from uh section one was actually about your um one of your parties as well
1: it was it's called the birthday party Mm mm-hmm To cement my bonds of friendship with Peter and Geoffrey and Glen, I invited round to my house for a birthday party way back when. Sun shone down from that August sky, the scene was set and the hopes were high. A wild pack of youthful hyenas poured restlessly at our front door. With new washed faces and hopeful smiles, we couldn't have asked for more. They dashed through to the kitchen to help themselves to cake. And careered on into the garden to see what a mess they could make. Town dogs let loose in the country and scenting all manner of crime, my pals Peter, Geoffrey, and Glen were lovely lads, most of the time. Geoffrey Bubbles Bonbon climbed high into a tree, removing all the apples to throw them down at me. They wrecked our ancient furniture in a brash game of musical chairs, a tennis ball thrown in a game of tag caught a greenhouse window unawares. My dad came out to survey the carnage with a sad shake of the head. He picked up some pieces of wreckage. What? Call this a party, he said. I would call my friends misguided rather than outright bad. Suffice to say that this party was the first and the last one
4: I had. Go. Go. All FM. 96.9. All FM. 96.9. All FM. FM. FM.
5: Well, thank you for that,
0: John. That 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 was my request. Because <laughs> that to me was it was a bit comic book strip, you know. It was a bit like Dennis the Menace, wasn't it? Yep. Or and and also Just William, I think, was one of the books that you said that you used to enjoy as a child. Yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yep. it
0: reminded me of all that kind yep. of era, really encapsulated into <laughs> into a poem. And that's what I love about your poetry as well, John. They've got stories to them, you know. You can tell that you know you've looked back on your memories, but you've you put it into to a story. And um, a lot have got that that humorous twist is it something that, that you've worked on to like, formulate the story in that way or is that just how your memory comes out with it?
1: I think that's how, it, how it's worked yeah. Yes, I've tried to obviously give it a humorous twist mm. if that's possible yeah. but uh, often the poems just write themselves yeah. they, I retell the story to myself and then frame it
0: mm-hmm. into
1: a poem if I can
0: I think that's a, a really useful perspective as well for, for any um, aspiring writers out there to you know, like capture a memory as you do and then and write about it. Well, they
1: always say a good story has a beginning, a middle and an end but not necessarily in that order. Ah, yes.
0: <laughs> and was it true that you never had any party? You never had any party at your parents' house after that?
1: <laughs> I think it <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's,
1: no yeah. Well money was tight
0: yeah well you know this is the thing it's like s- similar themes are coming back round again as well aren't they you know yes. it's uh it, it's a bit shocking in in a way when you think of you know things should have really progressed from like say the 60s or whatever or the, yes. the 70s but i think they used to have power cuts one time in the in, in the 70s they and, did. Uh, and yeah. now the we're, the we're uh, uh,
1: minor strikes and yeah yes and now we're yeah. threatened
0: with it again so things all go back round, round in, in circle really but we've gone through the, the 60s, yes. um, so, so now we're on to, to the 1970s. So this is, this is John in flared trouser mode, maybe? Well, maybe. <laughs> um,
1: th- this one's called a history lesson. This is more of a general.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. OK,
1: and this could it actually be still the 60s.
0: OK, okay yeah. I'm
1: not entirely sure. With a lot of these poems, I'm not sure about their chronology.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's, that's how memory fine. works, isn't it? Yeah, yes, that, that's kind of like how you how you explore your memory. Because you spoke a lot about the, the mods and the rockers, which is something that was really yes. interested in as well. I remember when when um, I I was doing um, social sciences. Um, for for, for a, a university essay, that they really made us kind of like look at the, the, the contrasting differences between the, you know, h- how these people were assuming their identity to either be a martyr yes. or a marker. So, because of that, I found that really um, interesting. And one of the things that you said with that was you, one of your poems, I'm not sure which one. Yeah, on I've got but, it here. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, you you, you weren't really either, you didn't really want to be on either camp, did you? Really? Shall I do that
1: one? Do that one, Do then, that yes. Do that one, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's called Rillington Motorcycle Club. It was the era of mods versus rockers. Scooters, Ben Sherman and Parker coats, Motorbikes, Levi's and slicked-back hair. Pumped-up teens who thought they were hard, fighting in lumps on the promenade during sunny 60s bank holidays. Rillington, my village, was solidly greaser. Not a single scooter was ever seen. A motorbike club of our very own, where lads picked tarmac out of their jeans. Whilst notionally a bike club member, a few obstructions blocked my way. There's nothing there between you and the road, said Dad, with the air of a man who knew. A chap with a definitive point of view. He fell off his triumph every weekend, was what Uncle Harry had to say. Motorbike ownership, then, was a forlorn task. Was a leather jacket, though, too much to ask? My friends at school all call themselves mods. Affiliation was more complex than I thought. New idols challenged my local gods. I was caught in the middle of no man's land when mods and rockers battles were fought. And so goes the story of my life. My allegiances would come and go. I played both ends towards the middle when I was faced with trouble or strife. A man who likes to hedge his bets undecided about people or places to loathe or like. One of life's motorcycle club members who never bought a leather jacket, or more crucially, a motorbike. It wouldn't take a detective to see a lack of authenticity or a want of commitment to a cause. When my friends say, come on, let's go, I will press pause.
4: Go. <laughs> Go. All FM. 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 Oh,
0: thanks so much for for that. Yeah, that that was another one of of my favourites. I thought it was very interesting to see, you know, how you actually grew up in the in that time and you kind of you you managed to not be on one side or, or, or the other.
1: But yes, that's right.
0: Yeah. Yes. But you don't lack authenticity, as, oh. I, as I was just saying. <laughs> and I think, and, and you, you, are what you are mainly committed to in, in this respect is your poetry, and you know yes. that that is the main
1: what, thing. What what I've, what I've decided is that if I've got humour mm. and I've got a target for that humour, yes, uh, the le- most legitimate and, and and valuable target is myself. if I, if, if I can't tease anybody else. Mm. I can tease myself with the poetry, and that, <laughs> in a sense, what I was doing there. A bit of rib tickling. But yes. you see,
0: the, the thing is that, that that's a very um, British quality, isn't it, to yes. be slightly self-depreciating. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well. Mm. But the thing, the thing, in I, I think, with poetry and and with songwriting is when a, a listener or, or you know or a reader kind of experiences that the poem, you, you're looking at. How you identify with it in in some kind of a sense, you know? Yes. How you how you relate to it in in some kind of a sense, you well, know? Well, so. I
1: agree with that, I, and I think having written my own life story, I, I like to think I might be speaking for other people as well. I yeah. don't know what their life story held, mm-hmm. obviously, but there may be some some parts of it that you know resonate with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm thinking a, a bit of um, that th- those days where it was like. Are you for Oasis or, or Blur? Uh, yeah, uh, and we were supposed yes. to be for Oasis being Manchester, but, <laughs> but what if I like Blur? But you know, it's a bit like that. Only that every decade's got its version, doesn't it? No, yeah. no that's very true. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. So I think we can we can safely get into the seventies now, yes, maybe.
1: Yes. Um Maybe not.
0: Ah, yeah. A history because there, was, there was that. Yeah, yeah. What I found very interesting about that, John. I think it's the history lesson. Maybe it's not, but I'll explain anyway. We need to explain to, to the, the listeners that John, in his former life, before his writing career, was actually a teacher, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> and and as a, a teacher, I found it really interesting to look at your um, perspective as a, a child in, in school himself yes. and how how that has maybe formulated your idea to, to go into teaching yes. maybe, maybe not um, and I'm not sure whether that was the history lesson no. but ah, okay uh.
1: well no it's all right I've got I know exactly the one you mean
0: <laughs> I think it, I think you read it yes. for us on the first the first time you, you were here well as that well. was all
1: at sea that, oh that all was, at sea yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That well that's yeah. in the in the book but okay. um
0: We'll, ha- we'll have this one anyway. Yes. And then we'll, okay,
1: we'll get this that is my secondary later. school mm-hmm. education. Okay. Which, yeah, it, I agree with you, it might sound a bit odd from somebody who became a teacher. <laughs> it's called How to Not Learn French. The problem of how to speak and write in French seemed somewhat esoteric at Norton Secondary School, akin to learning how to solve quadratic equations or the tedious business of saying please and thank you physics the periodic table really it was surprising how many subjects could be enthusiastically jettisoned if you really put your mind to it the names of english kings and queens how to play music or how to dance but learning french mon dieu what was the point if we were never going to visit france this was the burden of our anguished cry as we bounded up the stairway to room 13 lucky for some as some might have thought well unlucky for our teacher, Mr. Green, and for me. Learning French was inutile. Who ever heard of feminine verbs, or wanted to visit a boulangerie? French was all double Dutch to me, yet Mr. Green made me take it at CSE. Then promptly left, replaced by Mr. Cross, an aptly ma- named man who fring- frequently asked me, whose side are you on, John? Je ne comprends pas, was my sly reply. So failure was etched onto my life CV. Sans joie, sans succès, sans espoir. Pour toute l'éternité. Go. <laughs> All FM. go All FM. Nine six point 9. 9. 9.
5: 9.
4: nine. All FM. 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 Oh,
0: wow you've got some you got you actually got some French in that that was brave of you John and you speak French quite <laughs> no, well no, I don't. <laughs> do, do, do you know more of yourself now you surely do yeah,
1: absolutely yes it, uh, n- not all of it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> admirable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I I was impressed there with, with your French so. You. My I think sister was a
1: French teacher. Oh was she? Yeah. Oh,
0: so so I lives in France. Oh she actually lives in France yeah. now. Oh wow okay.
1: So for all that I was never going to go to France. Ah
0: well she gave you an excuse to learn French if you <laughs> I, I, if you wanted to but I guess that's. Do you go and visit her? Yes. Okay and rush back to Malton maybe. Ah, absolutely
1: <laughs> yes. All rows lead there. <laughs>
0: And that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes you've got to go out of the, the town to
1: yes. appreciate
0: it more. So gives well, you. Well, we went on a French
1: trip once, okay. and, and we're amazed. The whole country spoke French. We never realised. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess this is the thing. You do. You, we do imagine that you know people in other countries make allowances for us. We're British, so you've got to speak <laughs> to us in English. You know, speak
1: slowly. Yes, then they'll understand. <laughs> maybe maybe
0: <laughs> um okay, so um are we don't have all at sea again it, it's Do one year anniversary on. I think we'll we have its one year anniversary of it, because you first re- read that for us last okay. year and I, and I was thinking to, to myself wow, it's, it's so interesting that John's actually become um, a teacher After, that. I mean, this is the thing, when you're at school you don't really think about the fact that, you know teachers are human beings with their own feelings yes. and perspectives on, on, on things as well, and um, well, attend school Well, <laughs> my
1: sister Pam when, uh, when she heard the poem Mm. She thought, well, that, that just speaks to my sec- uh, my primary school teaching career. It's, it's how a lot of right. the ideas within it, okay. and the criticisms I suppose I was making, uh,
0: yeah. uh, she agreed with. Yeah,
1: and uh, her husband Chris, who was also a, a primary school teacher, was. Ah, uh, oh wow! So, so
0: teaching is really in your family then.
1: Yeah, and yeah. My, my mum always says, "Why are you all teachers? That's uh, <laughs> something she enjoys.
0: Well, I think it, it, it's good. It's something to make her proud. And yeah. this, this is a lovely tribute to to all your family in, in various ways. It, it, what I love about the book is it, it's a tribute to so many things. It's not just Malden. Mm. It's it's your memories. It's the your your father's who's who's no longer here. Yeah. Um. But also your, your mom who is still here. So yeah. So.
4: My and grandchildren. your grandchildren, yeah.
0: yeah. And one of the things that that you you said, because I I was asking you, when did you first discover that that you enjoyed writing? And 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 you said that it was when you realised you had things that you wanted to, to say about your your grandkids.
1: Yes, that's yeah. right. My, my first poem was. Uh,
0: wow. When
1: I held William. Uh, oh, that's beautiful. As a newborn baby. Gosh. And, and, and when was that? Oh, that's ago. five, nearly five years ago. Nearly
0: five years ago. Wow. Yeah. And now he's becoming one of your biggest fans and audiences, <laughs> and testing well, some of your poems out, maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, so let's have, let's have all, all At Sea. Or, or all At Sea. Yeah. Okay.
1: My school career did not start well. No one explained how schools should go. They must have thought me rather slow. St. Katie's Catholic primary school did not spare the rod or suffer the fool. I tried hard to listen, I just wasn't able. I struggled with even my three times table. I couldn't stay quiet when teacher was talking. I bumped into trees when I was walking to school, heaving my bag. To be honest, I found school was a bit of a drag. Cut far adrift from the safety of home, at the mercy of rip tides and gurgling foam. I was soon treading water and gasping for air. The school offered discipline. What I needed was care. St Casey's had an ethos transformation. Each classroom table was shown as a ship at sea, a ship en route to the rewards Treasure Island. This change in St. Katie's was a revelation. As the island held treats and goodies galore, as a six-year-old child who could want for more? Good work guaranteed your tables progression, bad behaviour retarded your tables propulsion, and this scheme left daydreamers all at sea. on the flotsam and jetsam of their reverie daydreamers who looked a lot like me needless to say our ship didn't fare well we began going backwards at the sound of the bell turn it round john one space back john you're not working one space back talking too much john one space back my table was livid they were on the attack john be quiet has your brain gone slack i was all at sea all at sea And like the ancient mariner, every one of them blamed me. Our ship was in the doldrums, we couldn't move on. All because of the Jonah, they all knew as John. So the treats of Treasure Island eluded us. The anger of classmates' comments still echo in my mind. I listened to memories of their baleful chorus. John, John, you won't let us move on. The endless chidings, which were correct, if not kind. No wonder. Preferred the homebound bus.
4: Go. <laughs>
5: Go. All FM.
4: 96.9. FM.
5: 96.9.
4: FM. 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 Oh, thank
0: you, John. That that really put into perspective what your life was like at, at school for you. One of your memories and how did that develop? Kind of when when you began teaching yourself, did you still keep your memories of your school days well, or was it quite far removed by the time you were teaching?
1: Um, no, I did. I tried I tried to let it inform me about the mm-hmm. how you have to be positive yes. with children encouraging. Mm-hmm. And I once to explained to a class about my experience, the, the Treasure Island okay. experience. Oh wow. And what they said was, can we have a Treasure ah,
0: Island? Ah, yes.
1: So they didn't get the point that I was trying to make. But <laughs> It, in a way everybody needs encouragement, don't they? Yeah. And
0: kids are like that, aren't they? You know yes. They're straight for the treasure. They're straight for the treasure.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Has Treasure Island been found? You know, may, maybe this is your treasure now. This this is like a treasure oh, that, trove oh. of, of a book, isn't it?
1: Well I hope so. <laughs> and it's only it's only six pound ninety nine on, on Amazon. On Amazon. Yeah.
0: And it's it's on PDF as well as physical, isn't it? We've got some of yes. physical copies. Here yes. right now, but but it's it's available on PDF as well. You captured an amazing, like speaking about the hope that you instilled in in your pupils. You are now instilling that hope in your future readers because what you have captured here is a is a beautiful blue sky.
1: <laughs> I took a long time to wait for that for Gosh, that uh, did you to become available. Okay. So the idea was always to put the the whatever the title was going to be. Yeah to a clear blue sky so that it stood out
0: gosh and so it came to pass it
1: did and, and, that, and that's in Moulton, real we had a blue sky it's, it's not <laughs> it's not photoshopped no yes
0: it's not see you're not only a poet you're a photographer as well uh, indeed and dear listener he's, he's back with his t-shirt today <laughs> the poet the I man. T- I haven't m- it off route,
1: <laughs> that's, still, that's still from the before
0: Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we've got you in in Desert Island training. So we go from Treasure Island to Desert um, Island now. And and we're going to have um, Carol King with You've Got a Friend. And that's going to take us into the the 70s, I think.
2: trouble See
0: Carol King there with You've Got a Friend. You're listening to The Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM on your radio, allfm.org, wherever you are in the world. Online, you're joined by me, Ruth O'Reilly, delighted to be keeping you company. And as you know, I love to get authors live in the studio. This used to be um, a Victorian old library, so I like to keep the, the spirit of the building alive by introducing new authors. And you are like the the author that we have created, John Bottle.
1: You are. You own me, Ruth. I'm yours. So so, so so I'm
0: really um, proud and privileged to to have you here live in the studio. You have created not one, but but two books. The first book um, was Poetic Licence. The second book is All Roads Lead to Moulton, and this is very much your your personal experiences it, it, it's great because, you know, there's so many ways of, of reading this. You you can read it as someone that's interested in, in Malton. You can read it as someone that's interested in what life was like for, for um, a kid growing up in the, in the 60s and, and, and right up now to, to present day. Um, and I love the way that you, you talk about and, and remember your, your parents and, and grandparents. I think that there's, a, there's great sentiment. I think... Y- y- for generations of parents one of the things that, that they will enjoy is, as they're reading your, your poems is that you know that they'll be thinking oh so you know things that, that we we do and, and say they really do stay with our kids long term you know yes
1: <laughs> yeah well so- sometimes you appreciate uh, your parents in my case only in retrospect or mainly yes. in retrospect you look yeah. back and you think do you know what I was really lucky mm-hmm. to have a parent or well, parents like yeah. like I had yeah. and uh, yeah I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to celebrate in poetry
0: no well they live on don't they they do they forever live in in your your memories and, and now your memories down on, on paper that, that's that's the great thing about about writing it's an opportunity to solidify your memories
1: well also if I leave nothing else behind <laughs> no I am <I'm, laughs> you know it, yeah. it you think yeah. Yeah, what what am I going to leave? Mm-hmm. And at least I've got a couple of books that mm. will say what I thought.
0: A, a legacy of, of writing, volumes of writing. Because because <laughs> what, what you've said is that there may be a third book in the in the running.
1: There may well be. Oh yes. wow! Yes, yes. It's like uh, the poetic complaint. If you remember that. Oh yes. It just keeps on coming. Wow. Even if you wanted to <laughs> stop.
0: <laughs> but, but was that, was that I think you might have touched on on those themes in 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 the gift but yes. yeah it's it's so funny to think about the that the way your um your your poetry is is it's serious it's it's humorous and again it gets us thinking But for, for our next um, selection from
1: you, yeah.
0: we, we are particularly um, looking back on, on your memories of, of your dad, aren't we?
1: Yes, well, I'm going to do one for my dad, and I'm going to choose the one that you, you requested, which was uh, what Nana was Ah,
0: said. yes. Yeah, and I, I'll explain one of my reasons for, for that, but, but let's have this one anyway. OK.
1: The journeyman joiner. Dad's overalls were a tatty shade of denim blue held together over his shoulder by a silver clasp. He kept a rectangular pencil behind one ear and a player's cigarette behind the other. Frank would eat his sandwich at a workshop bench. For a journeyman joiner, he was catch as catch can, and he was proud to be a working man. Frank's tools were scattered across the shop and they seldom saw the bottom of the bag. Yet Dad fashioned order out of this chaos, and he didn't see this mayhem as a snag. Why should I waste my time tidying up? Here, go boil a kettle and fill me this cup. Frank liked to work on the task in hand. His woodworking projects were seldom planned. He mentally visualised the end results. A staircase, a wardrobe, a dining chair. All built to order, or lovingly repaired. A siggy would burn at the end of his bench or smoulder benignly behind his ear as he laughingly scoffed at the notion of harm. A nice little fire would keep me warm. Dad was a veteran of the Second World War who knew only too well what true peril was like and he didn't need a foreman to tell him his job. Smoke went rising, molten ash fell on the floor. The tinder dry shavings all seemed ready to burn. His jobs were waiting he had money to earn and Frank didn't believe he had lessons to learn go Here
4: <laughs> we go All 96, 96, 96, 96. I, uh, fm fm 6.9 F-M. 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 fm 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 fm
0: I think your dad would be really proud of you if he, if he knew how well you you remembered him and and how how fondly you, you write about him now because he's really, really inspired kind. you hasn't yeah absolutely
1: he? And, yeah. as I say it's only in retrospect mm. I don't think he ever knew when he was yeah. alive well, well, well maybe he, he did, did maybe know. he did yeah, <laughs> of course he did but uh, yes. yes it's nice that I couldn't say it now
4: mm-hmm.
0: and now we're going to have one about you, your nan you, you mention like running over to your nanas a lot <laughs> don't you in, in various yes. um, he was a forms. surrogate parent yeah and you know obviously it, it makes sense that you know, you, you're kind of extending um, that that way of being now, aren't you? On in, in, into being a, a, a grandparent, you know. Yeah. Do you remember what it was like to be a grandchild? So it gives you a, I, some I kind that's of. that's right. <laughs> yes. Some kind of idea. It's well. a rare
1: privilege to be a grandparent. Yeah. It is.
0: Definitely, yeah. And obviously, your your um, grandchildren now have been born just in this like yes. pre-COVID era. <laughs> no, it was in the COVID. Kind of yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it was. It, William grew up more or less uh, to coincide with the beginning of COVID. So yeah, um, yeah, there was there was a big responsibility.
0: Mm. I can imagine. And then last year, from from your first visit to, to your second visit, you became a, a grandfather via, for your second yeah. grandchild. Yeah,
1: Juliet. Yeah, she's wonderful. She, yes yeah, she's uh, six months old.
0: Oh wow! Well, yeah.
1: she's growing so fast. I saw a video today of her eating her first banana. Oh.
0: Wow, okay. taken after a granddad. Dad, <laughs> Indeed,
1: where is my banana? <laughs> <laughs> he's
0: got a good banana here <laughs> with him in, in yeah. the studio. And it, it's it's so lovely because when you came in the first time, we could hear how much you you, you love your um, your grandson. So it's lovely now. Yes. You've you've got a grandson and a and a granddaughter. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, like, you got love. one. Yeah, you've got yeah. one
0: of each. And I know Fantastic. that you're. Um, your granddaughter lives, lives further afield, and, yes. you, and you've, you've written about that. But there was a, a lovely line about the, the way it was like a, a broadband to the soul when, <laughs> when you got to connect with, with, with your grandchild. That's so beautiful, lines about how you feel about your, your yeah. grandkids. But it all starts with you having a, a wonderful nana yourself. Indeed. so so let's have this because when when I heard this I was like what would John's Nana think if she went to (laughs) the shops now and saw this cost of living crisis absolutely
1: (laughs) what would she have said
0: yeah
1: what Nana would have said Nana was small but forthright you were never in doubt about what this pocket battleship thought she liked to keep her purse strings tight and the cost of living was a battle she fought £2.50 for a sausage roll what would Nana have had to say? Don't try and take me for a fool. Come again, I wasn't born yesterday. When is this madness going to stop? A fiver for a pint of beer. Well, I'll go to the foot of our stair. They should come and re- live round here, if they think this cost of living is fair. A five-pound note for a slab of butter. In my mind's eye, I can see Nana mutter. Pull the other one, lad. It's got bells on. You can shove that lur pack where the sun don't shine. 12 quid now for a bottle of wine do you think I've just fallen off a flitting that's far too dear from where I'm sitting 95p to post a letter I'd think you were daft John if I didn't know you better Nana died in 2002 but I can hear her now inside my head and her words of wisdom still ring true the consumer's champion is not yet dead
4: Go. <laughs> <laughs> all FM 96.9
5: uh,
4: All uh, uh, nine. FM 96.9 F-M. FM FM FM
5: FM Ah yes, you're
0: listening to the Sunday Tea Show here on 96.9 All FM. My special guest live in the studio is the fantastic author and poet John Botterill. This is his third visit to the studio and it's his first year anniversary of... Um, well, I won't say being a writer. You were a writer before we discovered you.
1: <laughs> yes, but yeah, um, you made it. You made it happen, though, Ruth. Um, you give me a voice. Thank we, you.
0: We, we are publicising you, and I, I always love. You get so much um, love and great comments on on the write out loud. Um, website. Was that your, your first time to kind of share your work yes, with, a, with a larger audience?
1: Absolutely, it's a fantastic website. Uh, you know, if you ever feel yes. like publishing a poem, yeah, and it's a good way to get feedback.
0: Definitely. Yes,
1: yeah. and it's it's really fr- kind friendly. Mm. Uh, it's it's a it's a nice place to publish work.
0: And we we discussed th- this before because. It, it, you write a poem on, on there and then you start reading other people's work yes. as well, and it, it really kind of it, it gives you some kind of motivation, doesn't it, to write some more?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it almost gives you a schedule. I mean, <laughs> every third day, I haven't, I haven't put anything on
0: for a while. Yeah, well, no, well, you yeah. know, that, that's your new writing career from teacher to, to writer. Did, did you ever think that you would get going with, with, with writing when, when you were a teacher? Does that kind of like lend itself to, to the mindset?
1: I, I never thought I'd be a poet. Okay. I, I'd have to say. Mm. I thought I might write a novel. Oh. But yeah, I could still, I suppose. But oh, uh, definitely,
0: yeah. yeah. It's yeah. only the beginning.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But um, no, is the <laughs> honest answer. I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was going to enjoy some free time.
0: Right, s- yeah.
1: And I uh, hope to be a grandparent, which I am.
0: Yay. But
1: yeah. um, I think sometimes the words can die within you if you're not mm. careful. Mm. So. Uh, we live in our thoughts all to, all the time, everybody.
0: We do, don't we? We live don't. in our
1: heads, don't we? And those thoughts keep going round and round, and it, this is a way to get them out there.
0: Definitely, it's it's a great it's way a to release. get them out. Yeah, I can
1: recommend it. It's therapeutic.
0: It it definitely is. I can imagine that it is. Did you write some some during lockdown or yes, yeah. yes.
1: Mm. I mean, not, not everything gets public. Not everything is worthy to be. Put. <laughs>
0: well, you know that but that's that, that, that's what you think, and you are quite modest. It's a very British <laughs> modest thing, isn't it? <laughs> to, but yeah, but but I get what you mean. But that, that's why sometimes
1: it's the, yeah. But at least they're out of you.
0: Yeah and yeah. and
1: words that I've known all my life I've now been able to use mm. if that makes sense
0: Yeah definitely i get what you mean by that and i think sometimes it, it changes your memories uh, as it adds to your memories doesn't it because now you you've, you've got memories of when yes. you've written about the memories and it's it's a good the, way of the, that's it, yeah. right
1: there's several yeah yeah so so it changes
0: nothing can ever be the same and it's like what you said there about the, the like the guy Fawkes puppet the way that was like a bit scary yeah, like yeah. when you were a child now now you've written about it and you've looked at it objectively people have probably said things about that mm. you know and It's changed, and that's the magic of writing. Yes. Definitely. So, what what poem are we having from you next?
1: Uh, This one's called Reunion.
0: Okay.
1: A Tuesday night in the Union pub. Willie, Gareth, Ian, George and me, like members of an ageing rock group, settling down convivially to discuss our imminent comeback tour. A manly hug as we reached the door, and we felt a glow of friendship, like bathing in the summer sun. We drank our Yorkshire bitter and relived all the fun, refought all the battles to make sure that we had won. We dusted off our memories for a helter-skelter fairground ride of flashing lights and swirling beer. To have lived all this gives a sense of pride, rolling back the long-gone years. Suddenly we were back there again, when we were boys, not stocky grey men. These treats are stored, lads, they're archived, not gone. A few beers and reminiscence. Nostalgia. It's a tonic available to everyone. Go. Go. <laughs>
5: Wall FM. With 96.9. On a
4: phone. 96.9. FM. 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 FM.
0: So... Thank you so much for, for that, John. You are introducing us to some more characters there for, from from your life yes. uh, and your friends. Well, are they avid writers as well, or do they leave it all to you?
1: No, no. Um, Their friends I've known all my life are okay. all my. And that's yeah, great. Yes, Don't from know. school. Yeah. Oh so wow. So th- they meet every Tuesday night in a union pub, hence reunion. Mmm. Nice play on words. And yeah, and uh, for one night, one night only, uh, as it turned out. I went back to see them. We had that that fantastic evening, and uh, I shared some some of the, my first poetry anthologies with them. Ah. And uh, we had, as I say, a, a good reminiscence. It was it was just it was just great. Yeah, I think
0: and to have your friends for, from that long it's so precious, isn't it? Especially yes. with so many people losing people right now. To Connect with your friends in that way, and and see where life's taking you. Yeah,
1: the friends for a lifetime, mm-hmm. and and I will go back and, and another Tuesday night in the Union Pub, but um, but that was just great.
0: Well, watch this space. You need to read some of your poems out next time. And some of your <laughs> poems out at the pub, eh? That will be oh. something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Turn people to drink.
0: <laughs> well, now. Do you remember what the very first poem was that you wrote then was that about your grandchildren or was it yes. about something from your past No it
1: was um it was about William when oh, I, okay. when I, when I first held him ah. yeah, and it's it's like holding the, I can't remember the exact poem but the the essence of it was that holding the future Oh
0: ah, yeah yes yeah, so That's it's it's
1: beautiful. about yeah the feeling of of life going on
3: Mhm
1: it's that continuity yeah. the next generation has been born it's a, it's a big it's a big celebration, isn't
0: it? It definitely is. Do you know what I think as well? You, you've added extra additions to your family in these books. Because <laughs> they do say yes. that books are on, like people's children as well somehow. And then you've got the whole thing of releasing them out to the world.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to link myself to Shakespeare. <laughs> but he, he did say, and this, this mm-hmm. being the poem, gives life to thee. Mm. So it's about... Um, yeah. Shakespeare's dead, but we still have his words. Mm-hmm. So there is that.
0: Definitely. And your fellow writer out louder Andy Milliken. He was in the studio um, last week, and he was telling me about a project that he's working on, where he is creating modern-day Shakespearean uh, poetry. So maybe that will be something for you next as
1: well. Well, I've uh, I've written a poem called "Shall I Compare Thee to a Marmalade Sandwich?" Oh,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: So I'll I'll be on to Andy. <laughs>
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, you'll have Paddington onto you with that one, well, I guess. <laughs> you well, know, he's got
1: copyright on that.
0: <laughs> OK, so we've got like 15 minutes left or more. Um, need to get some, some more of your, your poetry in, um, maybe a, a song or two more from you as well. Um, so we'll have another poem, I think, and then we, we'll have another one of your, your desert island um, selections.
1: OK, it's called A Walk to Remember. Mum's care home being next to the cemetery allows some mawkish pursuits, like my health-giving walk among the dead. This encouragement to physical exercise it suddenly occurred to me is also an exercise in egocentricity. In my morbid ramble between these stones I search for those I may have known, based on the dates of their demise, or names remembered from my youth. My feelings, as I peruse these graves, are complicated, ambivalent and confused, but what is poetry if it tells not the truth? We glimpsed you briefly through the trees, you blew away in the morning breeze. This epitaph brings tears to my eyes, enough to make me sympathise, momentarily, but in the end it is all about me. Life is lived, our lives are viewed through the prisms of our own content does each one's death diminish me does ego's dominion ever relent for whom am i weeping if not for me a sense of relief i outlived my friend a sense of dread i will join him there in the end one day someone will look down and say i was at school with johnny b he hasn't lived as long as me All FM. 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 All (laughs) FM. All FM. All FM. (laughs)
4: <laughs> oh. Wall FM, FM, F Home. Interesting F-O. 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 is
0: that, that the, the, the the cemetery and the care home are, like,
4: juxtaposed
0: <laughs> like that. <That's>, um <laughs>
1: it
0: it's so bizarre. I don't know what the residents of the care home are
1: supposed No,
0: <laughs> no, indeed. Thing about poetry is that it, it does kind of give you that sense of your uh, mortality, doesn't
1: it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I suppose, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not, it's not a morbid thing. It's not no. morbid. It's just thinking ahead.
0: Yeah, I think it, uh, what you're doing, John, is you're helping people to to, to save a life itself. I think you would be inspiring people now to, to think more so. about their lives and, and write yes. about it whilst the, the memories are still fresh as well.
1: Well, I, th- I think some of the poetry just bring. People back to life.
0: Yes, definitely, yeah.
1: In, in terms of you know, the family history, people can yeah. read my poetry, mm-hmm. William will look at his great granddad who we'll never have met, and, yeah. Yeah, and so on. So it, it does help to, to sustain things mm. within the family.
0: As he gets older as well, he, can, he will have a newfound appreciation when he can really understand like what his granddad has written. But is he aware now that some of the poems that, that you write are, are about him, well, it, at least? Yes,
1: I think so. It, it'll be quiet when, when he hears his name, for ah, okay. example, and start listening. Yeah. Oh, correct. Ah. I didn't say that, Grandad. <laughs> <Something that's... laughs> and
0: then you have to explain this is yes. for the benefit it's of poetic a poetic license. Yes, poetic license. Which you, you earned your poetic license last year. <laughs> Thank you. Did you ever have any inspirations? I know that John Cooper Clark's one of your favourites,
1: isn't he? Yes, I'll, I'll, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Super poet. Yeah. Great. Um, Larkin, mm, I oh suppose. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, it's not so popular now but I think it's very accessible mm. and if if, I, if I'm yeah. trying to do anything with my poetry I'm trying to reach out to people and, yeah. and make it uh, something anybody, anybody yeah. can read.
0: Cause this is the thing isn't it that, that there's lots of myths about poetry the, <laughs> the man, the poet, the man, the myth, the legend there's lots of um, myths about about poetry where people think you know only certain posh people are reading it well for.
1: there is that fear isn't there yes <laughs> yeah. it's uh, yeah you can turn people off poetry but yeah
0: yeah.
1: and I've been turned off myself mm. yeah you can think, well that was true in the 19th century but it's not yeah. true now
0: yeah, if you so have a bad experience at a poetry well, lesson... schools are
1: pretty, yeah, 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 pretty famous for turning people off poetry.
0: <laughs> yeah, but to g- get back to, like, more modern history... 60s is still kind of more modern history, isn't yes. it? And kind of, like, write about it in, in your own words. It does bring a whole new dimension um, to poetry. So, I think we'll have another one of your, your music choices. Yeah. Um What would you like...? To hear. Oh. And
1: what about Billy Joel?
0: Right, Summer, okay.
1: Falls. Is, is
0: is there any particular reason? Um, Billy Joel's one of these people that, that, that great writes great poet the, Yeah, great poet Yeah. A lot.
1: All the all the tracks I've chosen have lyrical quality. I yeah,
0: say. and that's something that that you've actually appreciated it, more than it, just listening to it as a, as a song. Was the thing that came into my mind when yes. I was looking at your your selections? No, that's true, Ruth. Wonderful. Let's have this.
3: They say that these are not the best of times They're the only times I've ever known Time for meditation in cathedrals of our own. Now I have seen that sad surrender in my lover's eyes. And I can only stand apart and sympathize. For we are always what our situations hand us. See the sadness or euphoria.
0: Billy Joel there and it was the latest selection from my special guest live in the studio who is the fantastic John Bottle. I loved when you described yourself as Johnny B in one of those (laughs) poems there. I thought oh that's a that's a he's hip-hop name emerging
1: there. Absolutely. (laughs)
0: Um, So we are chatting today to celebrate the, the release of his new book Lead to Malton. The, the book that I asked him to write, and he yep. did it. You did you your did. homework, John. Absolutely
1: <laughs> on time, Ruth.
0: Yes, Which right was on very time. rare in yeah. my experience. Oh yeah. wow, a year for, from <laughs> a, a year. Maybe I gave you a year, and bang yep. on the the year nearly. You, you, you produced it. The dog didn't eat your homework.
1: <laughs> Apparently, uh, Steinbeck had had had. Uh, of Mice and Men Eaten by His Dog, ah. and that was a true story.
0: Oh, wow. Also, oh, that's where it drives. See, once a teacher, <laughs> always a teacher. I've learned something today. Really de- delighted to, to have you here. So, what decade are, are we in now? I in think we're up post? to date. OK.
1: OK. Yeah. This is uh, grandchildren poetry.
0: Ah, so, so, so this is this is part two, the, the, the part that you um, affectionately christened... Downhill all the way. <laughs> downhill but, but it wasn't. Yeah. Tongue in you know. cheek. Excuse me, would you mind turning the noise down <laughs> just, just a fraction? Um, Yeah, we are turning the volume up on on your your poetry because that's where it's all begun for you. And I think it's great that you went from, you know, writing about what was going on in in your day-to-day life um, as as an adult to then looking back on on your other um, memories as well. But we are now bang up to date. And what are we going to hear
1: next? Um, It's a poem about William, my grandson. Oh, Okay. It's called Early Learning. ''One more jelly baby, Grandad. Then it's over. Final. Finish.'' William swept his arms flatly across his infant chest in a gesture of finality that I could believe in and cherish. I watched as the sugar-coated treat disappeared before my very eyes as he seemed to swallow rather than eat. Another day, another school run. William, bedraggled with bag and coat, his mind had turned to food and fun a smile bedecked his cherubic face. He patted my pockets where the jelly babies hide, discovering immediately a certain trace, the outline of my delicious tribe. Just four jelly babies, then it's over, finish. I am four years old, so I need four more. His logic is cast iron and unarguable, as four more of my jelly babies vanish. So, what has William learned? How to harvest the world's resources the delicate principles of negotiation within the framework of a modest ambition. The benefits of incremental drift, how smiling avoids the relationship rift, about being concise about one's demands and getting the goods into your hands before trying to raise the ante again. He holds his fingers and thumbs into the air. But four was then, Grandad. Now I need ten. Then it's over with. Finish. Go.
5: Go!
4: FM. FM.
0: Oh, thank you for that, John. I-, I love William's logic. I think he's teaching you a thing or two. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> it's my early learning, not his.
0: <laughs> oh, the way to go, to get what you want in life, Yes. We're almost out of time, but I would love to hear one more poem from you be, 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 before we go. It's been great to, to have you back and to, like, celebrate your, your journey and your lovely wife Gail's uh, keeping track on the radio, making <laughs> sure that we are still on, on air, doing listening. If we ever go off FM, we're always available on allfm.org. Don't, don't forget that. Um, but, yes, any, like, closing thoughts and, and closing poem for us?
1: OK, this is called Monday Afternoon. I met our glorious new grandchild on a sunny Monday afternoon. We were formally introduced, though initially she was halfway through a fascinating snooze. I was instantaneously besotted. Juliet nestled on my shoulder, listening intently to nursery rhymes, discovering meanings in the stories I told, glancing askance from the side of her eye. This genius of learning, only three weeks old, extended her lungs as she started to cry. Her beating heart was connected to mine on a super-fast broadband to the soul, a pristine addition to our growing clan. I felt power in her fingertips. I found access to the spring of truth. An electric charge surged through this old man, as though she had whispered, Grandad, Shazam!
5: go
4: Here we go fm 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 oh
0: thank you john I, I i just love your 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 memories of becoming a grandfather there for, for the second time and um, and that is so relatable isn't it so many people cannot connect with with their grandchildren right there and in, in real life and then no. you just really encapsulated that very up-to-date moment you know you took us from the the freezing <laughs> 1963 to to right up bang up to date with, with technology <laughs> and it's, your grandchild
1: it's the miracle of literature
0: yes very much so so if anyone wants to um, purchase your book, you're available on Amazon, and you've got a lovely um, picture there from one of the times when you were at All FM, and you had a yes, lovely, uh,
1: absolutely. I'm
0: very proud to see that, yeah, we're all proud absolutely. Of all FM to, to see
1: pr- that. Yeah, I'm proud to be one of your poets. <laughs>
0: You've heard it, dear listener. John is officially an O.F.M. poet. That's that's a great idea. That I should do something with that and like create a shop for all these books. But if anyone wants to um, purchase your books, how do they go about it?
1: Well, you can go on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, um, It's available on Kindle. Okay. Um, So it's only two pound if you buy it that Mm way. Uh, Yeah, Amazon.co.uk.
0: Wonderful, and it's John Botterell now. That the the, the J G Bargewell days are are they gone, or is it still available? <laughs>
1: it's still available, J G Barwell. Oh, um, Bargewell, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's still there. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, I've, I've come out uh, as John Botterell now.
0: Yes loud and, and proud and 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 rightly so the poet the man the lift, the myth the legend I lo- I love the the t-shirt that, that he wears for his, his yeah. performances here and yes you had a lovely article ri- written about your visit here as well for write out loud yeah which absolutely very proud of.
1: yeah it was great um, yeah
0: yeah wonderful thank
1: you ever so much for having me on oh
0: no it my, my, my yeah. pleasure You're a star. thank you for for writing. These books, and um, now you're—you're definitely. I look forward to part three, wh- whatever the next one is. Would you ever do prose?
1: Uh, ever do? Possibly, oh. yes, yes. I'm—I'm I'm still in—in—in in, in the vein. I'm still, yeah, yeah it's still coming forward with poems. So, at the moment, I'm a poet, but who knows what the future holds. <laughs>
0: Yes, and they're they're great words to to, to end on. I think poetry is is great, though, because, you know, you can just read a poem. It's great for people's attention spans these days, you know. Yes. Definitely is. Okay, so what will we have to to finish on, John, apart from your Desert Island
1: selections? Okay, uh, let me think. Um, What about Joan Armatradian, Love and Affection?